Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. Hey, man. Hey, man. Look at somebody so, beside you. So I'm so glad you're here. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to be, we're, uh, now this, like Kelsey said, this is the fourth, um, this is our, our, our final for the month, our final installment in our pneumatology series. <laughs> yeah, man, I wish our students would have did that back when we were youth pastors. They just, you know, just look at us, like, could have been like, the building's on fire, Ooh, you know. <laughs> Whenever we said we're going to play heads, knees, cup, they were all, so. But uh, just because we are, this is our our last Sunday in this pneumatology series does not mean that we will stop talking about the Holy Spirit. We will forever be talking about the Holy Spirit because we are are a spirit-led collective, amen? We are a group of people that are led by the Spirit. I hope you are led by the Spirit. If you're not led by the Spirit, then listen, take the opportunity to be led by the Spirit. Whether, whether, what other options are there? To be led by the Spirit or led by your flesh? I'll be honest, I don't want to be led by my flesh. Being led by my flesh has got me in some tight spots. There's a movie, you know, we in a tight spot. Boys, we in a tight spot. We in a tight spot. You know, being led by your, by your flesh, that's not, a, that's not a bona fide move. That's a boneheaded move, all right? Being led by the Spirit, you're bona fide when you're led by the Spirit. Bona fide. My mama said you ain't bona fide. It's one of my favorite movies. But uh, just to recap, we're going to recap with Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. We'll read Romans 8, 26, and then we'll jump straight into Jude chapter 1. If you have a Bible, we'll, we'll be in the New, uh, not New Living, sorry. We'll be in the Passion Translation. If you don't, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. Check, check. Yeah, we're good. <clears throat> so in Acts chapter 2, yeah, 2 is what I said, verses 1 through 4. We've read it before, but I'm just going to read it real quick. Verses 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tons of fire that engulfed each one of them. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. Oh, sorry. Separated tons of fire engulfed each one of them. Oh, you're good. I'm going to read verse 4. They were all filled and equipped. Listen to this. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now, we read this scripture last week. I'm just going to read it. Um, You can listen to it if you want. But Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul says this. He says, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty, in our weakness. Somebody say weakness. The Holy Spirit takes a hold of us in our weakness to empower us in our weakness. Now, I challenged y'all last week, and, and you, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand if you did or not, but uh, you could just raise your hand on the inside or not. But anybody last week, throughout the week, you would invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, empower me to do, you know, A, B, C, or D. There were several times last week where I was saying, and even yesterday, Holy Spirit empower me to deliver this mail. Holy Spirit empower me to drive this car. Holy Spirit empower me. Holy Spirit empower me. Holy Spirit empower me. And you know what? By doing that, it takes the pressure off of you. 
Takes the pressure off of you. Holy Spirit, empower this car that I'm driving. Holy Spirit, empower my, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was down to the deep. Holy Spirit, empower me to drive through town because I'm tired. Holy Spirit, empower me to do this laundry. Holy Spirit, empower me to parent. Holy Spirit, empower me to be a spouse, the right kind of spouse. Holy Spirit, empower me to have conversation. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you didn't do it, I encourage you, do it. Make it a, make it a daily practice. Holy Spirit, empower me. Because we just, we just read that the Holy Spirit empowers us in our weakness. Yeah. Not in your strength. Not just in your strength. The whole, God isn't just about when you're winning. God is about every detail, every second, every millisecond of your life. He wants to be involved, not so he can feel great about himself. No, so you can rise to the level that you're supposed to be at. Empowers us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But watch this. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us. Holy Spirit rises up within us. I cannot say that even more. The Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. That's why, that's why there was power when we were singing, you know, to worship you live, when we got to the, oh, that doesn't make any physical sense. But the moment that we say, oh, you just sense it. It was, it was like you could take a knife and just cut, it was sent. you can sense the presence of God that thick. That's, that, we saw Romans 8, 26, oh, as we're being, as we're aware of the presence of God surrounding us. As we're reminded that the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters in the beginning. Oh, that's why Paul said, because sometimes us being human, we don't know what to pray. Sometimes you just, Lord, I think, and that's, that's why even I said, you know, just, just lift your own voice. Even if you don't know what words to say, just, Lord, I thank you. Oh, oh, oh. And it may not make physical sense, but there's something that in the there's something stirring in the unseen realm. You know, everything that's in the seen realm is a byproduct of what's in the unseen realm. See, the world likes to teach us that what we see first and then what we can't see that second. No, no, no. When it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to God, the family of God, the unseen realm was first. What you couldn't see was first. And what you can't see will remain. It's a bar. All right. Too deep for words. In Jude, in Jude chapter 1, somebody say Jude. Jude. All right, now we're really going to get into it. Jude chapter 1, starting with verse 17 through 20. But you, my delightfully loved friends, remember the prophecies of the apostles of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Watch this in verse 18. We'll, we'll, we'll camp out right here for a minute. They taught you in the last days there will always be mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. See, parentheses around the last days. The last days begin with the, the will begin with Pentecost, and then it extends to the realm, or it, excuse me, it extends to the return of Christ. The, the, the last days, they begun with when Pentecost, when we read in Acts chapter 2, just literally a couple of minutes before where we read in Acts chapter 2, how the Holy Spirit was poured out. That was the, that's when the last days begun. And the last days will extend all the way until Jesus returns. 
and the world loves to teach, well, 2,000 years, 2,000 plus years, that's a long time for the last days to be going. Lindsay, are you sure there's, there's still the last days? I know people that will, you know, preach blue into the face. This is not the last days, last days. No, it's the last days. It's the last days. And listen, Peter said it best, and I didn't give Kelsey the scripture. I'm just going to read it to you. But Peter said it best this way because, you know, the world loves to teach us that. Well, if, you know, why are these the last days? Why are they still going on so long? But Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says it this way. Contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. The Lord's not late. So the, so the fact that the last days are still going on, it's on purpose. Why is it on purpose? Because Peter says this. Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measures as some people measure lateness but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience toward you because he does not want any to perish but he wants all to come to repentance Amen. so we're waiting because papa is all loving Amen. we're waiting because he loves his creation so much he's trying to give everybody just 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 a few more one, come on just just a little bit longer come on let's let's hold out a little bit longer why? Because he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. You know, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I'm like, Lord, you know, it just gets, you know, things just get so overwhelming. Lord, just, let, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Come, dun, 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 blow the trumpets, dun, 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 white horse, move over. I'm riding with, just come on, come get me. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. I mean, I literally, I'll fly away by Hezekiah Walker. It's in my playlist. I'll listen to that every side. I'll fly away, Lord. I'll fly away some great morning. I mean, like, you see me walking up to people's houses. Some great morning. Mm -mm. As long as they ain't got a scary dog, I'm, you know, I'm bebopping. If they got a scary dog, I'm like, oh, fly away. You know. But literally, Peter said that the fact that these are still the last days is not because God has forgotten. Not because God's like, oh, you know, ain't got nothing else to do. Let's just, you know, watch them squirm a little bit longer. No. It's because he is all loving. And he loves creation so much he's trying to give us more opportunities, more opportunities, more opportunities for more people to come into repentance. For more people to realize, for more, I, I wrote it down in my notes, but for more, more people to return back to their home in him. Why? Because he, he's trying to give creation an opportunity to return back to their first love. Because the love that God gives is the same love that runs at the edge of the road and, and, and wraps the, uh, his arms around the son or daughter. And prevents them from trying to give a speech to convince God that they're good enough. No, no, no. It's, the, it's, that, it's that type of love that, that puts his robe on us. It's that type of love that gives us the seal of sonship. It's that type of robe that throws a feast of celebration for us. It's that type of love that, that slains the fatted calf and gives us the, be, the best meat. It's that type of love that literally sent his son in order to, to, to be the substitution for everything that we should have paid the price for. He's trying to give all of creation more time to accept that love. Why? Because he loves us so much, he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to us. He doesn't want to see his creation fall and perish. Amen? Amen? So we're waiting because Papa is love. Somebody say, Papa is love. So in verse 19, in Jude chapter 1, verse 19. It says this, these people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts, devoid of the life of the spirit. What people? Well, in verse 18, it literally said mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. 
mockers. Mockers. Mockers are people that are, uh, they are led by their own ungodly desires. Not only are they led by, but they're devoted to it. And John said, these people cause divisions. Listen, mockers are everywhere. But do you, you know, if I'm pretty sure you go to work tomorrow or you go or you leave here and you call up a cousin and like, man, and you begin to describe how the glory of God filled uh, the church service and how you get a sense. They're going, what? Brother, you are crazy. Sister, you are crazy. You, you on that good, good. Like there is this world. They don't understand the things of God. And some people aren't mature enough to the point that they mock. They, they, they literally mock. And, and here's where the devil loves to just, okay. He loves to play those strings and cause that division within you. Cause that division, cause that level of uncertainty. But mockers, they're not just people that don't go to church. But there's even mockers in the church. I remember growing up hearing that, I'd be like, <laughs> as a little kid, I see where my two boys. I don't know about Cohen yet, but I see where my two boys get it. But I remember, you know, a statement like that would be said, and I'd be sitting probably somewhere around there, and here I go. Trying to see. Like, who's the mocker? <laughs> and my mom would be like, boy, turn around, stop it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to see, mama. You know, and if somebody sniffed the wrong way, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, ah, that's them. They're the mocker. And then after service, I wouldn't talk to them. I'd go, but mocker, you know. You're not committed. It's funny how we as kids think things and perceive things. But there's even mockers that go to church with us. There's even mockers that, amen, there's even mockers that listen to Christian music. Listen, going to church doesn't make us a Christian no less than being, uh, being uh, sitting in a garage makes you a car. You sit in a garage, you ain't going to become no car. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you listen to Caleb doesn't make you super spiritual. Just because you, you know, just because you read 12 chapters. Of, no, no, no. No. But literally, he said, mock, he said, these people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts. So obviously, following our natural instincts is a problem. Why is that? Because literally, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can understand it? Following your natural instincts. Jeremiah said, why we shouldn't be following our natural instincts? Well, I'm just I'm just going to follow my heart. That's the world teaches. Follow your heart. Trust your gut. Go off your instincts. No. Your instincts are wicked and deceitful. Not only are they wicked and deceitful, literally the Lord said through Jeremiah, they're so wicked and deceitful, who can understand it? Just when you think you got yourself figured out, you don't. But good news. Somebody say good news. You don't have to be led by your natural instincts. You don't have to be led by your wicked heart. You don't have to be led by food. You don't have to be led by coffee. You don't have to be led by whether you got a dollar in the bank or you got a million dollars. You can be led by the spirit. Not just any spirit, but the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Not not another spirit of truth. Not, you know, a, a spirit in the buffet of other spirits that you can perceive. No, no, no. The spirit of truth. And there's no wickedness found in him. There's no alternative motor found in him. What he says is what he has heard Papa say. What he does is under the instruction of Papa. What he does is to point you back to Jesus, to remind you that you are a son or daughter of God, to point you back in the direction that you should be living your life. 
Not because he wants to beat you up, not because he wants to make you uh, feel condemned. No, no, no. But because he was there in the very beginning and he knows what your life should be like. He knows what your life should look like. He knows the steps that you should be taking. I don't know what steps you should be taking. I wasn't there when, in the very beginning when your life was planned. And watch this. You don't know what steps I should be taking. There is one that does. That's the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Somebody say spirit of truth. Verse 20, watch this. But you, my delightfully loved friends. See, in the King James translation, you know what it says right there? But you, beloved. Beloved. Somebody say beloved. beloved. You know what beloved means? It means just as Jesus is loved by God, you are loved in that same love. I'm going to try. I'm going to start calling my kids beloved. I'm going to try. Even, even when they, in, I'm going to do it in the moments where they're just, ah, so blessed. Beloved. I'm going to start trying to do that for the coworkers. Beloved. What does that mean? It means just as Jesus is loved by God, so are you. Beloved. <laughs> I didn't say I love you. I said the Lord loves you and Papa loves you. I love you too. But we'll just focus on Papa and Jesus right now. Beloved. But you know, some of y'all, maybe you need to start doing that when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror. Beloved. Beloved. On your lunch break, flip down that that car visor and you see the mirror. Beloved. Beloved. Maybe you need to write it on the notes on your notepad and your phone and screenshot that and make that your lot screen wallpaper. And when you open your phone, beloved, you see it right there. I am the beloved of God. God. Lindsay, that's a heretical statement. No, it's not. Because he literally right before he gives us instruction, he calls us beloved. I'm serious, church. If you don't get anything, understand this today. You are loved with the same love from the father. If you get that, you will not fall for any illusions of the devil. Because if Adam and Eve would have realized that when the devil said, hey, are you sure you're like God? Oh, yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm the beloved. I'm in the perichoresis fellowship. I'm created in the image of God. Yes, I'm loved. by God. Yes, I'm like God. Now no, I'm, I, I have all this over there. I don't need that one thing. God. You see, if we if we look at it that way, it makes sense. But when we're in the trenches of life, all we can see is what we can't have. You better get this. This ain't in the notes. When you're in the trenches of life, it's easy to see what we can't have. It's easy to see, well, man, if I had that one, if if I just won the lottery, I'd pay my tithe, take care of my parents, take care of my parents' parents, take care of the neighbor's parents. I don't even like them, but I'm going to take care of them so they know God is real. We focus on what we don't have, and we build a life that we want based off of what we don't have, and we neglect what God has already given us to work with. You realize everything that's been given to you in your life is is a sign of, hey, God's checking to see, are you going to be a steward of this? You know, the Holy Spirit convicted me as we as we were walking, as we are not walking, excuse me, as we pulling up in the parking lot. Kelsey said a quick prayer. She said, Lord, thank you for what you've given us. And instantly, I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. I repented my heart in that moment. Instantly, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry that I haven't, I, I haven't seen this the way I'm supposed to see it. And I said as I'm unlocking the door, Lord, help me to be a good steward with what you've given me. 
What if we say that about the people in our lives? Lord, help me to be a good steward of the hearts that you've placed around me. Ooh. What if we said that about our own temple, or this temple? Lord, Lord, help me to be a good steward of this temple. If we were good stewards of this temple, then maybe we'd be more selective about who comes in our life. Maybe we'd be more selective about what we put in our bodies. Maybe we'd be more selective about what we watch, what we listen to, where we go, where we don't go. Not because, you know, we're picky and people are like, oh, you just picky. No, 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 no. This temple has been given to me. There, there, was, there, were, there was someone that died on a cross for this temple, to live in this temple, to interact with this temple, to echo the words of God through this temple. So therefore, excuse me because I'm selective. Excuse me because I'm, oh, no, no, no. It's, it, I, there's, there's, there, I have to protect this. You know you better than anybody else in this room. Beloved. Somebody say, I am the beloved of God. But back to verse 20, it says, but you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. This is where we're going to camp out today in verse 20. Let's unpack this. So one translation, like I said, says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up. One more time. What does beloved mean? Uh Uh-huh. Normally, I wouldn't ask you three times, but that's how important it is. You got to realize it. Because when you walk out these double doors, that beloved identity is going to come into question. Watch this. The car don't start. (sighs) Lord, I thought you. Wait, no, no, no. You love me just like you love the son. So this isn't this isn't your doing. Mm. So let's unpack verse 20. We said that about the beloved, but also the response to living in a world full of mockers. Because in verses 18, 17, 18, and 19, he talks about how there's mockers that will cause division within you. I love how he said there will be mockers that cause division within you. He didn't say division within the church. He's talking about you personally. There's mockers that will come and cause a division between you and the firm persuasion that you have on God. That's the goal of the enemy. That, that firm grip that you have on God being who he said he is, the enemy loves to come between the cracks. I don't know if you can see this, but that firm persuasion, that firm grip, because that's what we said faith means in the Greek, a firm grip, a firm persuasion. The enemy loves to come and say, okay, oh, there's, there's a little daylight right there. Let's just, let's just come in right through there. And if he can get those, that's, that he, wants to, he wants you to take that, that grip off of God being who he said he was. He wants you to take your grip off of God being good. He wants you to take your grip off of you seeing Papa as Papa. That firm persuasion. It didn't say that there's going to be people that come and divide. No, no, no. Division among you. Among you. So here's the question. Is, is, Is there a division between myself and the foundation that I was laid upon? If there's if there's a if there's a gray area between you and who God is trying to remind you who he is, then you got to call it. You got to check it. Listen, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, when I first started working in Jackson, my favorite, my favorite encounter with a customer. I said, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a season, a season, brother. I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, brother, I can't call it. I might spoil it. I was like, ooh, 
I like that. I said, what'd you say? I, I knew what he said, but I want to hear him say, what'd you say? He said, brother, I can't. He said, young man, I can't call it. I might spoil it. I was like, okay, okay. Basically, he understood that his reality, he didn't, he didn't, want, to, he didn't want to say how he felt. He knew that, you know what, how I feel is different than my true reality. Amen. And let me and understand this. How you truly feel is different than the reality that Jesus has purchased for you. And there are people that are going to come into your life that are going to try to cause a gray area between what you perceive and what is true. And, I'm, and listen, church, if you, if you don't recognize that gray area, if you don't call it, you will spoil it. You will spoil it. Because you will believe a lie that is not true. You will see God in an untruthful light. You will see God the same way that Adam and Eve saw God. Lord, don't look at us. Don't look at us, Lord, because we've messed up. Mm. John's response to living in a world full of mockers, the response to living in a world full of carnality is to constantly at all times and progressively. You know what progressively means? Progressively means steadily in stages in forward, forward looking, innovative manner. Other words, to be, to be progressive is to always be looking forward. One of Kelsey's favorite Disney movies literally says, keep moving forward. So John, said, John literally says, if we're going to live in this world full of people that are causing division among us, we have to keep looking forward. We have to keep looking forward. And understand this. Then John says, build yourselves up. Now we got to the cake. We done, moved past, we done scraped the icing off. We addressed the icing. Now we're now we getting to the cake. How do we deal with people that are causing division among us? Build yourselves up. Why, now, why would you have to build something if it was already up? You know, when we lived in Florida and we'd go to the beach, the boys built a sandcastle, and eventually if we were close enough to the, to the shore, the water come in, we gotta, keep, we gotta rebuild it. Why do we have to rebuild it? Because it was torn down. Why? Because the waves come in. So the fact that he said, build yourselves up, he didn't say build it, build it once. He said build yourselves. It's, it's a constant building. Why? Because in life, the ways of life are going to come and crash and beat against your faith. The ways of life are going to come and crash and, and beat against that firm persuasion that you have in God. In these last days, the devil's attempt to try and tear you down is par for the course. The devil's attempt to try to tear you down, it's par for the course. Living in a fallen world, it's par for the course. One of my favorite Christian rappers, he says, in the end of the, in the, end of the game, you expect fouls. You know, when we, was watching, when we was watching Steph Curry and the Warriors do what they do, do what, do what the Lord blessed them to do. It's the, it's the last two minutes. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's the last two minutes. Then it gets down to the last 30 seconds. The game's whooped. The game's in the back. We just waiting on it to get 0-0 on the Listen, I was, I was so with them in spirit. That I, was, I was looking to see if the confetti was going to fall in our bedroom too. And as it's the last 30 seconds, the other team, they're, they're fouling. 
They're fouling. And, and, and nobody likes that because it's like, man, just hurry up, get this over with. They're trying to foul so they get the ball. But everybody understands that, okay, in the, once it's two minutes, all, the last two minutes, there will be foul after foul after foul. It's not a shock. It's not a surprise. It's not a spoiler alert. No, okay, two minutes, all right, it's going to be a foul. But for some reason, we as the church, living in these last days, we are surprised when the devil attacks us. Living in these last days, we're surprised when people come into our life and cause division. And we're like, I, 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 I thought it was a blessing. I don't know how. What? 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 How, Sway? Like, really? How are we as Christians surprised that living in these last days that life will happen? Even Forrest Gump understood that stuff happens. But we as, we as Jesus followers, we're surprised when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood. But the next part of that scripture says, and the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard up. We're just, we're just called on the part of, I don't, I, don't know how this, I don't know how this happened. I don't know. We're living in the last days. We should not be surprised when we are fouled after foul. After you, you should not be surprised when rumors are said about you. You should not be surprised when the bank account gets down to zero. You should not be surprised when work is not ideal. You should not be surprised when everybody around you is getting married and you are still single. You should not be surprised when people come or people go. You should not be surprised when there's good days or bad days. You should not be surprised when the car doesn't start or when the car runs. You should not be surprised when the kids listen and when they don't listen. You should not be surprised when life is being great and life is not being so great. You should not be surprised living in the last quarter, living in the fourth quarter when the devil tries to foul you after foul after foul after foul after foul do not be surprised it's not a spoiler alert it's going to happen the question is how will you respond John said here's how you respond to all the division all the rumors all the lies you respond to it by building yourself up building yourself up listen guess what church after all the great stuff that's happened today, tomorrow you got to build yourself up. Amen. Tonight when you get home, you got to build yourself up. Yes. Tuesday, you got to build yourself up. Yes. We're, ha- we're not having focus night this Wednesday, so guess what? You got to build yourself up. Yes. Lindsay, how do I build myself up? I'm so glad you asked. John answered that question. He said, build yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. Yes. Oh, I'm there today. Praying every moment in the spirit. One translation, guess what? One translation says praying in tongues. You build yourself up by praying in the spirit. Build yourself up by praying in tongues. So when you're at the house, I remember when I first started Bible college. And we do a ministry of helps. And we do the sign up. And, uh, and they give this whole, you know, Mazona came in. <laughs> Mazona came in the first day she, and she explained what ministry of help sign up was. I'm like, okay, you know, well, Mazona, they set a precedent. You know, if Mazona's in here first day, you better, you better sign up. You know, you know and where I knew Mazona, knew my mom and daddy and granny, Andrea, I'm like, man, I ain't about to get, I ain't about to have mom call me like, how come you didn't sign up to do soup kitchen? I, I wasn't about to have that. I wasn't about to be that one to have that call. So when there's like, we need somebody to soup kitchen, I'm like, here we go. So, you know, I sign up, da, da, da. 
And then Pastor Craig, he comes in, you know, Mizona, <laughs> bless her heart, I love her. Mizona was the, you know, the enforcer, and then Pastor Craig was the whipped cream and the smooth butter. You know, he put the butter on it, and then you're ready to, you know, you can eat of it. And he began to explain, okay, you know, Lindsay, so when you get down there and you're sweeping them up and to make the time pass by, just spend time in the spirit. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, there ain't no music down there. Like, nobody's doing worship service. He's like, you don't need worship service to pray in the spirit. I'm like, so, y'all know me. So I'm like, okay, Pastor Craig, let's run this back. So you saying, while I'm mopping, you want me to pray in the spirit? Yeah, pray, just pray. He's like, you know, just be watchful. Look, and, you know, keep, watch, keep your sits, watch your sits, all that. But, you know, just as you're sweeping, mop, just pray in the spirit. I'm like, this joker. Okay, you know, I'm here. Might as well try it. I'm like, I mean, he's been around for a while, so he might know a little thing or two. So I remember I was sweeping, you know, mopping. And there's nobody in there, and I'm like, and I remember he said, just pray on your breath, ain't, ain't no harm, you know. What, what's the worst that can happen? I'm like, I mean, what's the worst that happen? I'm praying, you know, sweeping, mopping. Get done, nothing, nothing glamorous. No, the angels didn't fall, you know, come out of heaven and be like, oh, thank you, son. You are a child of God. You know, Jireh didn't come up and say, hey, you know. It was, it was just, you know, sweep, mop. And I remember every time I would do that in the suitcase, I'd sweep, mop. You know, as I'm mopping, just blow, go, so, so. Nothing big, nothing big. And I remember that, you know, when it, in a few weeks when it came time to sign up again for Soup Kitchen, it, you know, Mizona wasn't there to, to you know, uh, encourage us to sign up. But it was like, who wants to do Soup Kitchen? Instantly, my hand went up. I was the first one. And, you know, running down. And I'm like, man, what, that's kind of weird. Like, normally, I'd be trying to think of, you know, well, I got plans today or am I working? No, no, no. Instantly, whew. And when I got, and as I'm walking down there, I wasn't just, you know, kind of, in the past, I'd be like, oh, you know, hey, everybody, go in there and, you know, serve the food. This time, as I'm walking, I'm like, I'm eager. I can't, like, I, I can't wait to get down there to the point that I get there before the food is being cooked. I'm like, hey, y'all got anything else? Oh, yeah, we need this, this, this. So I go over and I'm, as I'm, as I'm prepping food, I'm, blah, 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 And each time I'm down there, this eagerness comes and comes and comes and then watch this there's a time where somebody calls out and they need a speaker hey Lindsay go and preach okay well I don't know what to preach on so I just open my bible and the rivers of the living water just flow out I mean flow out flow I can't even tell you what I preached on all I can remember is when I got done I ran up to across the street and I called granny and I said granny I feel like I just did what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. I'm not saying that you need to pray in tongues that way you can preach a five-point sermon. I'm saying build yourselves up that way you can walk in your purpose. And it, once you walk into your purpose, that's when you're like, oh, wait, I'm already here. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith that way. That way, as life happens, your purpose is still undeniable. You know what your purpose is. There is nobody that can convince you otherwise. Literally, John said that build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Holy means set apart and faith means firm persuasion. Therefore, build yourselves up on the firm persuasion that sets you apart from your classmates. Build yourselves up on the most holy faith that sets you apart from anybody and everybody else in this world. Build yourselves up on the purpose that sets you apart from all the other peers that you have, the people that you see at the gas station that you avoid, the people you see at the grocery store that you avoid. 
set yourselves apart. Build yourselves up on the very thing that sets you apart from everybody else. Lindsay, what sets, you, what sets me apart from everybody else? My grip on the, on the promises of God. What sets you apart from the, everybody else? Your firm persuasion, believing that God is true. God will return. God loves me. He is my papa. He gives me his robe. He gives me the seal of sonship. He celebrates me. He sings, he sings my name. He went to the belly of the earth for me. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. You know, I love this. Uh, Kelsey loves to watch these type of shows, and every now and then I join in on, I join in with her. But, you know, if you watch the kind of shows where it has the kings and queens and the monarchs and the, and the utrids and all these different things, I love it because there's, you know, whenever the, whenever the, the, the armies go to war, they, they go into the middle of a field and they fight. And there was one time she was watching, I noticed they said something. And, I, you know, it, it kind of triggered something, but I just stored it into the back, and the Lord reminded me of it. But whenever they would fight, Literally, as they would defend themselves, they would say, fortify the shield wall. Fortify the shield wall. Somebody say fortify. fortify. See, in order for them to fortify the shield wall, they will all dig their feet into the ground. Dig it into a position to where when the opposition came, they could not be moved. They were literally, when the opposition would come, it would, it would have to hit their shield before it could hit them. And when it hit their shield, literally because their feet are dug into the ground, all the energy that the, op, mm, all the, energy that the opposition is giving to them, they're giving it right back to them. Why? Because it's literally, uh, it's literally just an echo effect of as the en enemy penetra uh, penetrates and pushes upon them because their feet are dug in. They take it and they give it right back. Why? Because they have fortified a shield wall. Literally, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in the Spirit, when you build yourselves up on your most holy faith, you are fortifying the firm persuasion that you have of God. You are fortifying the belief that you have that God is good. You are fortifying the belief that you have that God will heal you, that you are already healed. You are fortifying the belief that you know that he will provide and he will make a way when there is no way. You are fortifying the belief that he is the friend that sits closer than a brother. You are fortifying the belief that he is my papa. He loves me. He protects me. He has my best interest in heart. Why? Because I'm building myself up on my most holy faith so when the enemy comes in like a flood the holy spirit will raise a standard up and that standard is not an outward standard that standard is a standard that's raised within me so when the enemy comes to give it to me i give it right back why because the spirit is fortified within me i've built myself up i've built myself up i trust him no matter what i trust him my kids trust him my wife trusts him why because i'm building myself up on my most holy faith fortify that shield wall fortify it fortify it around my heart to where the enemy can't penetrate it the lies that the enemy can't convince this heart anymore why because there's a shield wall around it why because I spent time praying in the spirit John said everything that's going to happen in life fortify that shield wall around your heart Fortify that shield wall around how you perceive God to be. That way when the enemy comes in, the same way he came in with Adam and Eve, you can be like, no, 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 no. I'm uh-uh. I know who God is. I know who Papa is. 
I know he would not leave me or forsake me. I know he's not going to leave me single all my life. I know he's, got, he's not going to leave me alone all my life. In fact, I'm not alone. I'm with him. I'm in him. I'm dancing in the circle dance. I'm not by myself. People can come and people can go, but I'm not riding solo. I don't need a cosign. I don't need opinions from anybody else. I have the ordination of heaven and it seems my name. It seems my name. It seems my name. I'm the beloved of God. Beloved of God. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. We've read it time and time again, but he reminds us that we get to say, Abba, Father, Papa. Why? Because we're sons and daughters of God. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He will do it in you. He will do it in you. That's why we pray in tongues. Lindsay, my mom, Lindsay, I didn't grow. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care. The opinions of the enemy don't care how you grew up. The rumors don't care how you grew up. Anxiety and depression and sickness don't care how you grew up. But you know what can stop those things dead in their tracks? A fortified, firm persuasion and who God says he is. Listen, I don't know, but I've been through way too much. You cannot convince me that God is good or that God is not good. I've been through way too much. To, I, I, he's delivered me and my family from so much that, you know what? This wall, came, this wall will remain fortified. And in the moments when I feel the enemy penetrating, guess what? I'm surrounded by people that will remind me, hey, no, 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 no. Literally the most powerful thing, Kelsey told me one time, because I was like, Kelsey, I guess this is all. This. No, no, no. You do that job the best way you're supposed to do it, but guess what? That's not, that's not your end goal. That's not who you are. And I'm like, why is that not who I am? And she's like, because you've been through too much for this to be the destination. I'm like, oh, sugar, baby, you better preach to me. You've been through too much for your present reality to be the end. You've been through too much. You've seen through too much. You've been delivered through too much. You've walked through too much. You've ran through too much for this reality to be your end. I promise you, stick with God. Stick with God. Stick with God. Stick with Jesus. Stick with Jesus. In a day and an age where COVID is growing, in a day and age where, where uh, inflation is growing, in a day and age where everybody wants to re-identify everything, stick with him. Fortify that shield wall around your heart. Pray in the spirit and say, okay, God, I'm convinced you are who you said you are. I'm convinced you are all loving. I'm convinced you will provide and protect. I'm convinced you will not leave me by myself. I'm convinced you are the good shepherd that leads me down down the path of still waters. You are the good shepherd that restores my soul. You are the good shepherd that walks me through the valley of death and I sit in the presence of my enemies, but you are with me. And these truths are unlocked in you as you build it up. As you build it up. As you build it up. I can't speak for you, but I can tell you personally, there are times where I'm working and I have to start praying the Spirit. I'm not saying where I make everybody in the room stop and I'm like, hey, let's pray. No, no, no. There's times as I'm working the mail, as I'm walking to a house, put a packet of blah, blah, blah. Why? Because I know the war that's happening within me. 
I know the war within Lindsay's old mind. And right now I'm trying to fortify that shield wall so I don't believe the lies of the enemy. Because if I believe the lies of the enemy, it's going to spill out onto my wife. It's going to spill out onto my kids. It's going to spill out onto everybody around me. So watch this. If you can fortify that shield wall around your heart and believe the promises of God, that will spill out onto the people you're around. Maybe that's why they're in your life. So they can receive the spillage of what God's trying to do in your life. The spill so they can receive the fruit of you building and building and building and building. Building. Listen, I can't explain the chemical reaction that happens between wet cement. All I know is once it's poured, dry, and hardens, it's it, it literally will not move. And it holds whatever is within it. It holds whatever is within it. I promise I'm closing. It holds whatever's within it. I can't explain how praying in tongues does what it does. All I know is if you can pray in tongues in your own private time, there's something that builds within you. That grip around, okay, God, you, you, you are Papa. That, that grip, it, it gets tighter. It gets tighter and tighter. Look, Kellen loves to play this game where like when he holds my, he likes to grip it as, as hard as he can. Daddy, is that hurt? Why? If I say no, then he tries to grip it even harder. What about that? What about that, Daddy? No, it don't hurt. He's gripping tighter and tighter. With every response, he reacts with a tighter grip. Mm. Everything that life is throwing at you, how's that grip looking? How's that grip around God being who he said he is? Is it getting tighter or is it getting looser? Lord, it's, it's been so many years and I'm still single. Or it's, it's been so many years and, and this, or it's been so many years and that. Let that grip every year, every day, every hour, let it get tighter. And even when you're like, man, I don't feel like my grip getting tighter. Okay. Turn the TV off. For me, turn the sports radio off. And you may not feel a thing. But guess what? You do it enough that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that standard will be raised within you. And you say, oh, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Or if you're like me, not today, past. Not today, 2007. Not today, 2021. Not today. And if you're like me, I call certain, uh, certain memories out and I'll say, not today, and I'll call the memory out. I've been redeemed. I've been healed. I've been forgiven. My family has been healed. My family has been forgiven. I've been freed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus has freed Lindsay. Lindsay is free indeed. I have to say it over and over again. Jesus has freed Lindsay. Lindsay is free indeed. Lindsay is free indeed. Lindsay is free indeed. You are the beloved, Lindsay. You are the beloved, Lindsay. You are the beloved, Lindsay, to the point that when the illusions come in, I'm like, you're going past find somebody else because I don't believe it and when at time I look up the work day's over and I'm like oh wow Lord or time I look up I'm like oh wow Lord it was all an illusion it was all a trick of the enemy you remain you remain you know one of my favorite books called the shack and if you've ever seen the movie there's a scene I promise I promise there's a scene in there where literally the main character, he's in a boat just traveling along the water. All of a sudden, this, this, this 
uh, thick, stormy blackness occurs on the water and the water starts rocking. And Jesus calls out to me, says, Mackenzie, it's just illusion. It's not real. And when he can finally get a grip of this is not real and it goes away, you know who is remaining? Jesus. You know who was there in the beginning? Before it started, Jesus. Jesus was in the middle and Jesus remains. The opinions of others, those don't, those don't remain. Your IQ, your bank account, those things, they don't remain. Your better half, at the end of the day, it cannot remain in your life the way Jesus remains in your life. And the Holy Spirit can remind you of that if we let him. Because one thing we never said, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. What that means is he will not force himself upon you. You know, as parents or as older siblings or, you know, just you, you get around somebody that you love and you see that they're, you see that they're being tricked or behooved or whatever. And you just, you know, you want to take over. But the Holy Spirit, he sees, pop, they see. Oh, they had the desire to, oh, I just, just want to get in there and remind them. I just want to hovering over the chaos. Just waiting for us to be like, you know what? Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, remind me of what I've, what has always been. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says, says, he says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. It's the same thing you look across translation after translation after translation. You look in the Greek, that phrase, pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I want to point out four things. Pray in tongues, we've already pointed out. The second thing, at all times and every occasion. Paul said pray at all times and every occasion. Well, how can we do that? Look at it this way. Look at it this way. There's never a wrong time to stir yourselves up in your most holy faith. There's never a wrong time. That's why when we do the meetings before and I begin to pray, I say, let's stir ourselves up. I'm like, hey, this is your moment. I don't know what it looked like for you to get here, but this is your moment to take all that, raise the standard against it, fortify the wall around your heart and stir yourselves up. I promise you're going to start looking at it different now. When we, whenever I say, okay, let's stir ourselves up, you're going to look at it. Okay, I'm fortifying my heart. I'm, for, I'm fortifying the grip. I believe that God is good. I believe he's going to bring me the right person. I believe he's going to provide the, the money for whatever it is that I need. There's never a wrong time to stir yourselves up. Third, stay ready. Ah, I like that. Paul said, stay alert. In, my, in, the King, in Lindsay Melton translation, stay ready. Stay ready, you never got to get ready. Why? Because the fourth quarter, you should be expecting fouls. In these last days, expect the foul. Don't go looking for it. I didn't say go looking for it. Don't go looking for trouble. You go look for trouble, you're going to find some trouble. But do not be surprised when life happens. Don't be surprised when the bottom falls out. Allow the wind of God to lift you back up. And fourth, last thing, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. He said, be persistent in your prayers for everyone, not just the ones you go to church with. It's great to pray for the people across the aisle, but what about the people that go to the church that we envy and don't want to let people know we envy? What about, uh, are we praying for those that have done us wrong? Are we praying for those that have walked out of our life? And not just, God bless them. No, no, no. Are we interceding on their behalf? 
This was a good series. Now you are responsible and you are accountable. Now that you know about the Holy Spirit, we've not learned, we haven't even touched a, a, a tenth of who the Holy Spirit is. And I, and I told the team uh, this morning, when we do this series around Pentecost next year, because that's why we did it, is because it was Pentecost. When we do it next year, we'll come up with a different name because pneumatology could be confusing. I said, we may just call it Holy Spirit or, or I don't know, something. But we will all, and, and just because it, the, the series ends today doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about the Spirit next week or next month or whenever. Listen, the Spirit is in your life for a reason. He's, he's in your life for a reason. He's in your life for a reason. And all today was about you stirring yourselves up on your most holy faith. I promise, church, stir yourselves up on your most holy faith. You don't have to have a, a theology degree. You don't have to have written 60, serm, uh, 60 sermons or preach a five. You just got to stir yourselves up. So when the enemy comes in, because he will, because he is a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. He's looking to see who, can, who he can manipulate. But if you're stirring yourselves up, you're building something to the point that when he, the roaring lion comes, he sees, man, I, I can't tear that down. Oh, what a testimony. What a testimony for the opposition to look at you be like, oh, I can't tear that down. That wall is too fortified. I can't tear that down. I can't trick them. I can't get them to believe the lies. And if he can't get you to believe the lies, you know what's left? Jesus. Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you. Lord, I feel your presence. I feel your presence so strong, Lord. But Lord, let us, let us have this awareness when we leave this room and this building. Because that's when we really got to see it, Lord. That's when we really got to see it. Remove the scales, remove the blinders. Remove the scales and remove the blinders. Remove the scales and remove the blinders, Lord. Remove our stubborn pride. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for a yielding, for a willingness to yield in each and every individual in this room, a willingness to yield to your promptings to your promptings, to your whispers. Mm. Holy Spirit, whisper our sonship. Lord, to the women in the room, whisper the daughtership, Lord. Whisper that we are children of God. Every hour, every minute, every second, and turn down the volumes of our life so we can hear it clearly. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 